your news program every morning with up-to-the-minute news and extensive analysis of issues from Korea and abroad. This morning with Alex Jensen on TBS EFM. Good morning to you. Now, imagine reaching your 100th birthday and then going on one of the greatest adventures the world has ever known. That's the premise, at least, for Mr. Alan Carlson, the hero of the international bestseller, The Hundred-Year-Old Man Who Climbed Out of His Window and Disappeared. And in honour of our new full season at TBS EFM, we are now joined by the author of all this, the brainchild, if you like, Mr. Jonas Jonasson, uh, who is behind also the girl who saved the King of Sweden. Good morning to you from Seoul. Good morning to you. Thank you so much for taking the time. And uh, lovers of your work will be especially excited, I'm sure, to hear how exactly this story came about. Uh, but the main character, can you tell us how that came to you? Uh, I almost said no. <laughs> it just came to me. Um, you could say that the idea from the beginning uh, was to describe uh, the terrible 20th century uh, in a humoristic uh, way, uh, but also to remind the readers about how stupid, if you excuse, excuse how stupid mankind tend uh, to behave. And for that, I needed um, a guide. Uh, and if you are to be a guide through a whole century, well, at the end of the day, you, you become old by nature. Indeed you do. So you needed a centenarian. But is there a message, before we get into the historical side of this and, and the messages you wanted to get across there, was there a dimension of um, anti-ageism in your book? Uh, I've got that question quite a few times, and um, I would say no. Um, uh, afterwards, I have understood that one of maybe many reasons for the worldwide success of the 100-year-old man uh, might be that I give hope to, to elderly people. But that is mere a lucky circumstance. <laughs> you know, I have even been invited to seminars to, to speak about <laughs> elderly people's rights in society. Uh, I say no thank you to that. Hey, I'm, <laughs> I'm an author. I'm not an expert in social issues. <laughs> but with developed countries becoming increasingly aging or even aged societies, um, perhaps your book will serve as perhaps an, then an unlikely inspiration, even if it wasn't intended. Now, to the actual message that you wanted to get across, you do it in a humorous way, but you've got various historical settings. Korean readers were naturally drawn to those uh, portrayals of North Korea's Kim Il-sung and Kim Jong-il. Did you feel you had to be a bit careful with those? Uh, rather more careful about uh, General Franco in Spain, uh, I would say. On, on his world tour, Alan Carlson, he passes uh, many countries and, and, and he becomes uh, part of different historical tragedies. Uh, two of them, one is um, when Spain is in war with Spain mm -hmm. and another is when Korea is in war with Korea. Uh, somehow it is um, even more tragic. Uh, I experienced 
that, uh, especially in the northern part of Spain, in interviews, I, I got questions uh, like, why did Alan Carlson save the life of General Franco? So that is still, after 80 years, something that is um, to, that, that, that you have to be careful about. And I, my answer is, well, he didn't save General Franco. He didn't know uh, who he saved when he saved him. Mm. And... Um, uh, I must allow myself to keep distance to reality, and I, I hope that the readers would understand uh, that. that the serious side of the um, whereabouts in, in Korea is that uh, I can point out and remind the, the world about this tragic uh, war mm. uh, along the 38th parallel with basically no other result but hundreds of thousands dead and wounded Koreans. Kim Jong-il especially uh, has been portrayed as almost a comic character many times. Did that make it uh, easier or, or more difficult to get inside the, the minds of these people? Did, I mean, did you seriously try to imagine a, a realistic scenario in which anybody would come face to face with these two? No, I entered the mind of uh, Winston Churchill as well, and uh, uh, I just entered the minds of uh, anybody that comes in my way. <laughs> <laughs> but that aside, we must not forget that this humoristic, you know, feel-good literature um, in the middle of the tragedy. Uh, that aside, you could say that I am proud of, you know, paying attention to the fact that uh, Korea uh, before uh, World War II was, was an unwilling, highly unwilling part of imperial Japanese rule. Mm. Uh, and that is a fact uh, not too much known in, in Europe, I would say. And, and uh, if I teach something about history, then, then I think I can be proud, even if I you know, enter the brains in a humoristic way of Winston Churchill or Kim Il-sung or anybody. So looking at your book in a broader picture again, do you, do you feel it, it serves that purpose almost as a history textbook for those people who don't want to read history textbooks, at least to spark some sort of interest in, in what's gone before? Yeah, that is a, absolutely a purpose. Uh, in my second book, The, the, the Girl Who, who Saved the King of Sweden, I... <laughs> I um, it, it, I would say it's a humoristic reminder of two of the most stupid inventions of mankind. Uh, one, the nuclear bomb, mm. and two, uh, apartheid as a political idea, uh, political system. Mm. Those two together uh, gave me inspiration. Maybe that is the wrong world. I, I blame my bad English. Uh, but it gave me inspiration to... Uh, the girl who saved the king of Sweden. Well, it, it's interesting to hear that, um, but some people like to skip even from anything, even humorous on the page, to, to what's on the screen. The fact that um, your book, The Hundred-Year-Old Man Who Climbed Out of His Window and Disappeared, to give the full title, did make it onto the big screen. Did that please you, and uh, how did you feel about the outcome? Well, today, I must stress that, today I love the movie, but the very first time I saw it, uh, I was kind of shocked. Um, then I realized uh, the reason why I 
didn't immediately take the movie to my heart was was the fact that the director he didn't do 20 hour long sentence by sentence copy of my book mm. he did, he didn't do that and of course he shouldn't do that no and once i once I realized that he he has, uh, as any director, he has to do a two hours long interpretation. Uh, then then I started to love it, and I I love it. Can I ask again? Something you mentioned before was the importance of pointing out, for example, to a European audience that indeed Korea had been under Japanese rule. Did it then surprise you that it got the response, the popularity that it has done in Korea? From the beginning, I was so sure of that my first novel was too Swedish, it was too Scandinavian to be successful anywhere else. Uh, but then it turned out that humor in general seems to be global. And in that, I find hope. Uh, we are not that different one from another, after all. And uh, being popular in Korea makes me immensely proud. Well you continue to be so and no doubt this uh, interview right now will further fuel interest and a personal question about you for anyone who's been so inspired that they'd even maybe like to emulate what you've done you went from being a journalist to establishing a media company and now to being an author but you're still reflecting real life even in humor is this by far the most enjoyable side of things for you? And, and was it a direct response to things that were happening in your personal life? Because I know you'd gone through a difficult situation with your marriage and, and you had a child that you had to take care of. Can you give us an idea of, of how your personal life entwined with your career and, and how that might inspire others too? Well, my personal life is uh, a, a very personal thing. I don't think it is in my son's interest to develop it uh, any further. Um, somehow, when I write, I uh, writing position, uh, writing uh, mood, and when I check out for the day and uh, go and pick up my son from school, then uh, a parent and a father. Mm. And so, so somehow I manage to separate one from another. Well, and, and of course we respect your, your privacy, uh, as anyone should, but what I really mean is when, when people face a crisis in their lives, uh, even if their work's going okay, sometimes that derails them. Your testament to the fact that you can reinvent yourself a couple of times and still be hugely successful, even more successful. Well, maybe I could uh, turn it into an, uh, an advice that maybe in general we people should try to climb out their windows now and then <laughs> and um, restart. I'm convinced of that we only have this one single life and we better do what we can to take care of it. Well, Mr. Jonasson, you have inspired us. Uh, Mr. Carlson, your character has inspired millions, literally. Thank you so much for joining us on the line today. Thank you. On behalf of myself and Mr. Alan Carlson, I thank you in return. <laughs> Mr. Jonas Johansson.